It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It's going to be fantastic. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Napoleon Hill talks about the concept of masterminds in his book, Think and Grow Rich. Basically, a mastermind is where two or more people are gathered for the purpose of achieving a common goal. I had a Facebook chat with a friend of mine uh, recently, and he suggested an idea for Success Profiles magazine, which I publish every month. The idea he shared had to do with marketing, and I admitted that his idea had crossed my mind before, and then I shared some challenges I perceived that went along with that. He made a suggestion, a minor adjustment, and that will change the way that I approached this, and I immediately got very excited about it. Today, I shared that with my marketing coach, who had originally shot the idea down. When I presented the new version of the idea, he loved it and encouraged me to move forward with it. Being open to other people's ideas is a great thing, especially when the people you are listening to have experienced high levels of business success. I encourage you to be open to new ideas, but also be mindful of the source of these ideas. If the person you're listening to has not had more success than you, run the other way. But taking action on a great idea can energize you for a long time, and you could experience exponential growth. With all this in mind, I'd like to introduce my guest. His name is Tom Terwilliger, and he is known as the Achievement Mentor, a leading authority on the science of achievement. He's an international speaker and empowerment trainer, and is the author of the acclaimed number one bestsellers, Seven Rules of Achievement and Why Smart Goals May Be Dumb. He's been speaking for the better part of 30 years in the areas of achieving greatness, mindset, and health and fitness. His unique background is a former Mr. America, longtime Fox Sports Net TV show host, and Clear Channel radio host has allowed him the opportunity to reach and impact the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. His authentic love for people and strong belief in their ability to achieve far more than they believe possible has fueled his passion over the years. His inspiring story of pulling himself from drug and alcohol abusing outlaw biker <clears throat> to national bodybuilding champion as a Mr. America and high achiever has inspired countless others to reach for their own limitless potential, and he's also the author of the new book, The Comeback Plan. We have a lot to talk about. So here we are with my very special guest, Tom Terwilliger. How are you today, Tom? Brian, I'm fantastic. I'm so thrilled that you invited me, Beyond. I've been a fan of yours, and you've had so many wonderful guests. I, I literally feel honored to be among the, the many incredible guests that you've had and to have the opportunity to share my experience with your listeners. So thank you so much, Brian. Oh, you're welcome, Tom. It's a privilege to have you here as well. So did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are now? 
<laughs> That's a great question. Actually, probably the opposite was the early vision. And you know, I'm a big believer in visualization and 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 future pacing and creating our own futures through our imagery. But I got to tell you, when I was a young man, a young, I was not a young man yet. As a kid, uh, I believed at that time that I'd be anywhere than where I am today. It was a real struggle at first, learning, learning disabilities, trying to turn that into something positive, being put into special ed class, ultimately riding Harley Davidson's with some unsavory characters, to say the least, yeah. pretty much created a vision uh, of a future that was anything but successful and, and really justifiably I should be in prison or dead by now. <laughs> wow. Wow. So what was your rock bottom moment and how did you get out of it? Oh, man, it was it, uh, really a lot of it was. And again, this is so interesting because we can all relate, I believe, to how we ultimately manifest what we do manifest. In other words, how do we uh, how are we responsible for creating what we're living, what our reality is at this moment? So at the time, you know, my, my rock bottom moment was something that I had created as a result of my past experiences, the blueprinting, the uh, ideas that I accepted, the beliefs that I developed along the way. And a lot of that came from, you know, having dyslexia and, and some learning challenges, being hyperactive, always in trouble in school. I literally, before I even knew what the, what the idea, the concept of being a one percenter meant, I, I felt like a one percenter because I was a little bit outcast and 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 I was like a you know, I, I fought bullies all the time and it was a constant battle against that negativity, and ultimately it led to riding with and being a member a member of a one percenter organization which is the Outlaw Bikers, and uh, so for me it was and that and that lasted for about five years or so. I dropped out of high school, got my first Harley Davidson, left school, left it all behind, started riding Manhattan. In Long Island with all these guys and having a fun, having a blast, thinking this was this was where I belonged. Mm -hmm. This was I finally found my home, my clan, my group, my compadres, you might say. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then it began to dawn on me a couple of years into this thing that it really wasn't what I thought it was. What I believed it was, the image I had in my mind, uh, for whatever reason that had 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 manifested in there as a vision was that this was a, a brotherhood, a camaraderie. This was just, this was, you know, amigos riding together and all about the motorcycles, which I loved from the time I was a kid. I had mini bikes and dirt bikes and stuff and always loved it. And I thought this would be an extension of that. And instead, really, uh, without being too disparaging to, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> the outlaw biker community out there, it's really a lot more about organized crime. And, uh, and there's a lot of evil that goes on within those ranks. And so I began to see that and feel and understand how incongruent that really was with who I really was at the deepest level. In fact, I think in many respects, Brian, mm -hmm. we all need those experiences that either we now say, okay, this was the path your beliefs, your blueprints, your experiences have been leading to. You either accept it. Well, you break free of it. For me, it was that moment where I realized this is not where I belong. This is not what I think it is. I, I'm, I, I have more potential. This I'm better than this. And it happened one night. And I'll make the, the story relatively brief. But mm -hmm. I, was in, I was in the clubhouse uh, of, of the organization, which was really nothing but, you know, an old warehouse with a rickety old wooden bar. We called it the Green Monster. The Green Monster was all like green plywood and two by fours nailed together, held together with duct tape. 
there was a big mirror behind it, and it was the bar. It was our makeshift bar, you might say. Mm-hmm. And there's banners and flags and a pool table, and it was just it was like a, a typical type biker clubhouse, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, and and for the last four or five years. I've been wrestling with that idea that I just shared with you, that there's something more, that this is not where I belong. Uh, this is, uh, I've been living in illusion with these false beliefs of, of being this one percenter. And it began to manifest. That night, it all kind of came to a head. Uh, and I was standing around looking around at who I was becoming and had a glance in the mirror at myself. And here I am. I'm 23 years old. Mm-hmm. And I looked, I looked like I was in my 40s. I looked like I was beat down, mm-hmm. dressed in rags, most of them leather, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and got this glimpse, and it was almost like I could see a little glimpse into the future and where this was headed, what it was going to, to manifest into. And, and uh, some people have had this experience, not all, but I literally heard this voice in my head. And it, re- it was really, I can't even say it was in my head because it felt more like, it was resonating in my entire body, and it was mm. a, it was a, such a simple, clear, gentle yet incredibly commanding message. It said, "You're done. Walk away." And I, I, I had to tell you, I must have looked like like Rocky after being knocked down the first time by uh, by uh, one of his opponents, looking up from the canvas, hearing eight, nine. I, I thought I was, I, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, again. I heard it wow. again, and 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 literally, I didn't even stop to think. I didn't, I, I didn't try and figure out what it was, where it was coming from, uh, uh, who it was, and I pushed my beer back against the bar, and walked away. Yeah. And I headed, I headed to the door, and here's where it really got interesting, Brian, because mm-hmm. you know we've all had those moments where we make a decision, we take action on it. We know there might be a price. You know, we might pay a price along the way, and that's okay. You know what? This is the right decision. We've got to follow our heart, follow our gut, follow our brain, whatever it is that's leading you. Follow God, whatever it is, and make that decision and do it. And that's what I did. But before I could get to the door I, I and open and walk out, I turned back for just a second because in my mind, I was leaving something that I believed in. I was leaving something that was – these were my – you know my my support system for the last five years. These are my friends. Right. The only the only people I know. And I turned back to, as if I was almost spiritually and emotionally saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. And at that and at that moment, something happened that just completely solidified the decision and 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 helped me never to look back again. Um, evidently, there was a, a, a double barrel shotgun mm-hmm. loaded, cocked, and ready to go off behind that wooden rickety old bar. And someone must have pushed into the bar, and it was very shaky, so it would be easy to knock it off its perch, and it's exactly what happened. And as it hit the ground, both barrels went off. And Mm. the fascinating thing was it went off and blew a massive hole in exactly the spot that I had been standing not not 10, 15 seconds before. And and, uh, the, the, the blast rang out, broken glass, shotgun shells, splinters. The whole place was emo- immersed in smoke and everyone, you know, diving for cover, pulling out their weapons and not knowing what's going on. And, and I was I was dumbfounded. I was yeah. almost paralyzed and, and frozen at what just happened. Yeah. And I didn't even I didn't even stop to, to make sure everyone's OK because wow. I knew they were. I grabbed that door. I walked out and I never turned back, never walked back. And that was my lowest moment. And wow. 
It wow. Was, uh, it was it was difficult because I there was no one to turn to except of course I had my family and my twin brother, but there was no one. This, this was this was my family. Yeah, yeah. And to walk away was like starting over again. And, yeah. But what a great new start. <laughs> that's, that's great. We've got less than two minutes to our first break. I want to ask you, real briefly, how did you get interested in bodybuilding? Oh man, I think that happened early, really early on when I was a teenager. One of the things that was uh, sort of like uh, my my way of of dealing with the issues that I was having with the learning disabilities, especially like and all that stuff that was going on. Uh, my older brother was a cop in New York, and um, and he was a bodybuilder. He lifted weights and he did a lot of kung fu and stuff too. And he had some magazines kicking around. He had some weights, and I just. I just fell in love with the idea of building muscles. It, to me, it felt, again, like some kind of escape into my own reality, a, uh, a, a way of manifesting my strength, my power, and being heard and, mm -hmm. and doing something positive in many respects. So I, uh, the first time, the little, first time I lifted weights, I was probably about 15 years old. And there's an interesting story that goes with that as well, and I'll share it to after the break. Okay. Um, because it's uh, it's one of those things where again overcoming fear yeah. can allow us to open the door to a future or an opportunity or a possibility that we would never otherwise have. And I opened the door to something that has literally become the rest of my life and and a positive influence on that life along the Fantastic. way. Fantastic, awesome. And we are here with Tom Terwilliger, and we are talking about bodybuilding and his background, and we're going to talk about his book about the comeback plan. When we come back from the break, this is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back on the other side. Stay tuned. We'll be back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio, and here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Tom DeWilliger, and we are going to talk about his book called The Comeback Plan very shortly. And if you've not picked up my latest book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It's on Amazon, and the Kindle version is 99 cents. You can't even shake a stick at that. Get it? You'll be so glad you did. Uh, if you want to learn from world-class achievers like Kevin Harrington, Dan Locke, Chris Powell, Brad Sugars, and so many more, 
it's definitely something that you will want to read. If you're interested in personal development and business, it's definitely the book for you. Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. So, Tom, before the break, you were getting ready to tell a story about how you overcame fear. And we all have those moments where we overcome fear. You had a moment like that early in your career, early in your life, when you started to embrace bodybuilding. But it wasn't always a walk in the park. You were a little afraid at first, weren't you? <laughs> Absolutely. And it's so fascinating because, you know, we can all think back to that first time when we walked through that door. We, we literally overcame fear. And I think we do it a lot as kids. We don't realize we're doing it. You know, the first time we get on a bicycle, we had to overcome some fear. The first time we, we play with some new kids or go out in an adventure or join a team, we're overcoming fear in many respects and doubt and, and uncertainty. We just do it. But but we don't necessarily recognize that stuff. For me, the first time I remember, I mean, literally overcoming the fear to turn around, walk away. Uh, this isn't right for me. This isn't good enough. I can't do this. And it's just scary was literally the first time I was really uh, like I got involved in a serious bodybuilding athletic club, a bodybuilding mm. gym. It was called Future Man Gym. I was about 14, 14 and a half, 15 years old. I'd been working out already, like in the gym, because I was playing a little bit of lacrosse and a couple of those sports. And um and doing some wrestling. And so we had to work out a little bit, but it wasn't serious mm -hmm. uh, until someone came to my homeroom at junior high school and brought a magazine with them. And they said, check out this magazine. You got to see this guy. So they showed me this. It's called Muscle Builder magazine. They showed me the cover of this magazine. And of course, the guy on the cover, no one outside the bodybuilding world at that time knew who this guy was. But I was fascinated by it. It was it was the most intriguing. I was like, how could a human being possibly look like that? Mm -hmm. And it was, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger on the cover of the magazine during the, the very height of his bodybuilding career, Mr. Olympia uh, comp competition. Yeah. And so it really got the wheels turning. And I started working out for a different reason, with a different motivation, a different mindset behind it. And then someone had told me about this gym in Amityville, which was about a 20-minute bicycle ride from my house. I didn't have a car at the time. And uh, and, and and so I said, I got it. They said, this is a serious gym. Future man gym. You don't, don't even bother going in because forget it. They'll eat you up and spit you out. Don't even walk in through that door. So I said, I got to check this place out, man. I got to go. So I ride my bicycle down there in the middle of winter. And it's freezing. And, of course, you can't see through the windows because there's so much steam inside from the heat of the bodies, the working out, the sweating going on, and everything's cold outside. So I'm, like, trying to I'm trying to wipe off the steam. I'm looking through the window. And it took me – I'm out there freezing my tail off. It took me about a half hour, 40 minutes to finally get the guts to open that door. And you, I got to tell you, every – imagine every little inner voice, negative thing, say, turn around. You're not good enough at this. Who are you? You can't train with these guys. This is too intense. They'll spit you out. You know, hold you up. So, I mean, I had everything going through my head. And finally, I grabbed that door. And I opened it. And I walked through that door. And the first thing that hit me in the face was the smell. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, back then – you know, it, uh, those old school gyms, I mean, it was it was this, a combination. You can imagine a combination sweat, like serious sweat, without any deodorant, uh, vomit, and Ben Gay. I mean, just blend that together and then take a big whiff of it. It was kind of what it smelled like in there. Wow. So, so it, it kind of pushed me back a little bit. But when I walked in to that environment, it was everything that I imagined. It was like this mecca of bodybuilding in New York. Mr. America over in the corner, Mr. Universe, it was Mr. World, Mr. New York. I mean, all these guys like that were unbelievable bodybuilding athletes at the time were in their training. And here I was, this skinny little 15-year-old kid. And then somebody comes up and says, yeah, kid, how can I help you? I'm like, uh, I think I want to join. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so that was so for me that was really the beginning and, and being around those guys being in that environment uh, environment elevated my ability to learn how to train how to eat how to push myself beyond the uh, the comfort and the pain zone and also just knowing that hey you know what i can do this I can, if i can walk through that door what door can't i walk through if right. i make up my mind i have enough motivation so Great. it really sparked, in many respects, just the action of doing that, yeah. not just the environment, sparked what I needed to right. ultimately be successful as a bodybuilder. And that now I was very successful as a team bodybuilder for years. Yeah. Then I got my first Harley Davidson, got a little distracted. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you did go on to become a Mr. America champion and you competed in Mr. Olympia a couple times. Uh, but one great lesson that I think we should talk about that can be applied to all of us is the importance of having the right mentor, because you have to be mentored by people who have been where you want to go and you were surrounded by it. How important was that for you? Oh, Brian, you hit it on the nose. And I'm sure all the inc incredible people that you've spoken to and that you write about in your book and the interviews you've done, which, by the way, congratulations on the book. I can't wait to get a copy because, uh, like you said, mentors... Uh, or everything, and you don't have to have someone who's alive in your face. You, you keep yes. you in check, mentor. You could be mentored by someone you read about, by someone you admire, someone who's been down the path, and you can follow that same path. And they've overcome the challenges. You can overcome the challenges. So for me, early on, you know that guy who walked up at me, up to me at uh, Future Man Gym was a gentleman named Tony Pandolfo, and I had no idea at the time, you know, he was, he was a little, he wasn't a big guy, he was only about 5'5 five, five or so, but every bit as wide and thick and muscular as he was tall, and, uh, and he was also a, a, a master's Mr. America, he was uh, one of the top competitors uh, in the world at the time, I had no idea, and he was a real gentleman, and one of the things that I really admired about Tony even then was that he wasn't dressed in gym rags, he was, he was, he dressed like, he always dressed like, and even that night, the first time I met him, he dressed like he was going out to the disco club, you know, he had like mm. the 70s nylon slacks on, and the, and the, and the shirt, long sleeve, big collar, you know, just always looked sharp. And it was it was like a radical departure from what I anticipated. And from that moment on, from the time I joined and he started to see the intensity and the focus and the consistency, you know, a lot of people join gyms and then they fall fall off and they start with big goals and then they, you know, drop away, yeah. drop out of it. And, and when someone like that sees someone who's as consistent and determined and disciplined and even to the point of at fault because I was overtraining, I was overdoing it. I was there too often. I was staying too long. So he finally took me under his wing. He said, hey, kid, what are you doing? Three-hour workouts? So, you know, you're a skinny kid. Let's get it done in an hour. So he started showing me some things. Mm. And he started giving me some advice. And then he, and then he, would, uh, he would say, hey, listen, there's a contest coming up, a teen contest. I think you might do well in it. And between him and another gentleman that, uh, that helped foster my career, a guy named Bob Gruskin, those two mentors were absolutely I, I couldn't have done it. They were instrumental, not just in the building of the physique, but the building of the foundation for a better life, for an achieved life, for something mm -hmm. that that ultimately meant something and hopefully could inspire others along the way. I mean, they really, truly made the difference. I recommend finding a mentor and however you do it, find mm -hmm. a mentor for whatever you want to achieve. Absolutely. Why do you think we limit ourselves, though? I think I think a lot of times it's, you know, you know, I th like the negative thoughts I had about myself early on in life, you know, we hold on to those things. They become, in many respects, our story. It, it would have been easy for me to continue that story along the way and, and ultimately allow myself to become victimized by it, held back by it, held back by, yeah, what I was just 
I was in a special ed class. I was never accepted by others. I got angry about it, and I and I still can't learn today. I had a very tough time. I I, I didn't know how to read well. I couldn't write well. I've written two two number one best selling books up to this point because all that past doesn't really matter. But I think a lot of us tend to hold on to it and make it our story. And then we continue to develop chapter after chapter after chapter to reinforce the initial story along the way. But we have the power to be able to change that at almost any point in our lives, except something different. I think this is one of the reasons why personal development, personal growth, and and uh, and mindset training has all kind of really exploded because people are starting to realize that hey, whatever my story is, whatever my limitations or challenges have been, I don't need to live that story anymore. But I think mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons we limit ourselves. And I think a lot of people who have tremendous potential are even afraid to ask or approach or consider someone a mentor because of whatever the limiting doubts or fears might be. Why, why yeah. would they want to spend time with me? Why would they want to help me? Who am I? What am I to think, you know, take up this guy's time? Mm-hmm. You know, you are you is who you yeah. are. And you have tremendous potential. And if yeah. you if, if you find a mentor and, and stop limiting what you think you can achieve, it's extraordinary. You, you, you can explode out of the container. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it's incredible how fast it can happen too. Absolutely. Let's talk about your latest book. It's called The Comeback Plan. Why did you write it? Uh, it's interesting because when we, when we uh, you know, first got sort of like hit by this, the, the pandemic, the disruption, I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had already been writing a book that, that will ultimately be published under a different name. In fact, I had to go to, to, go to battle a little bit with my publisher uh, to be able to get this out there, even under a different name, because much of the format is the same. I had to change a great deal of it. But the reason I put it out there, I wanted to get it out there so quickly, because literally we released this thing, you know, self-published it um, within about four weeks or so into the pandemic, because I realized what was happening. And I realized it because of what we were facing, what we were dealing with. Mm-hmm. When my wife and I first, you know, of course, for all of us, this was this whole pandemic was a distant threat. It was out there. Eh, it doesn't really affect me. Then suddenly we're literally immersed in it. It's, it's mm-hmm. in our face and mm-hmm. we've got no choice but to look at it. And a lot of what we were looking at, a lot of what we were experiencing was fear uh, around. Well, sir, certainly we were fear for, for our health, but mostly at that point was economics. Mm-hmm. A lot of our business as coaches and, 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 and mentors, a lot of people were saying we're, we're putting things on hold. Everyone was putting things on hold right now. It's like, well, we're not going to shell anything out. We're going to put it on hold. Let's put it on hold. I know we still got some time and any, everything I put on hold. So we started to see about 70 to 90 percent of our income just literally disappear. Mm. I was like, okay. And we don't know how long this is going to happen. This is going to exist, right? Yeah. So we began to feel like a lot of people did. Okay, a lot of uncertainty. A lot of fear started to kick up around that. And I started to notice it because, you know, after years of mindset training and leadership training and reading and immersing myself and as a lot of people do in personal development uh you know if it's if it's never been tested you don't even know if the stuff works but Mm -hmm. for me it created an awareness that hey you know what hold on we're slipping into a fear-based mindset here. We're focused almost exclusively on the problem. How are we going to do this? How are we going to survive this? How are we going to increase our income? You know, it's all this fear-based mindset. Yeah. And I began to realize, as we know, and we've been taught, and we continue to teach as well, that that anytime you get into that deep a level of the amygdala, 
and your brain starts to kick in there, what happens is it takes away resources from the, the executive parts of the brain where you can start to make good decisions. You can start to see the opportunities. So the reason we wrote this book is because, hey, you know what? Number one, we've got to get ourselves out of this mindset. So yep. that means getting into action, right, Brian? Just get into action. Yep, do, that's right. Doing something positive is the best way to get yourself out of fear and that's doubt right. and uncertainty, right? That's right. And, and we are, we're at our break. So this is Success Profiles Radio. We'll be right back to talk more with Tom Terwilliger. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Tom Twilliger, and he is the author of the book, The Comeback Plan. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, please do so. Leave a review. That would mean a lot to me, and I would thank you so much for that. So, Tom, you've talked about the adversity that you've faced throughout your life. Why is adversity a good thing? Because we don't always think about it like that. Well, it's interesting because we need it. I mean, a lot of times, it's in many respects, put it in the category, adversity uh, strengthens our will, strengthens mm -hmm. our determination, builds character, a lot like stress. Stress is like we've all come to think of stress as like negative, negative, oh, my God, negative. We have to have stress in our life. If we don't have a certain amount of stress, the body doesn't release certain amounts or, or, or uh, specific amounts of cortisol other hormones, our body responds to stress in positive ways. It's when we're, when it's too chronic that it becomes a problem. Or if we don't, if we're not able to deal with it, then it's a problem. But adversity is many, in many respects, the same thing. It adds, it, it's 
you know, I, obviously, you know, having been a former bodybuilder, I like to use metaphors that relate. It's like getting under that bench for, bench press or the squat rack. And, you know, you need to do the exercise. If you're going to get stronger, you have to continue to add weight, add resistance, or add a number of repetitions as you go along and as you go along a little further. And uh, adversity is like adding weight to that bar. If you have the right mindset, if you have the right determination and the right goal and the right focus, all the all the adversity in the world can't take you down. It can only make you stronger. And it's interesting because ultimately that's what we said to ourselves. My wife and I said to ourselves, which which led to the writing of this of the, the comeback plan. Ultimately, we said, hey, you know what? We've had all this training. Over the years, mindset training, spirituality training, meditation, martial arts training. But but when was the last time it was really tested? Mm-hmm. When was the last time we got jumped in a parking lot by three big thugs that threatened to kill us and we had to fight our way out? Well, that's the way we started to look at this pandemic, this this disruption. It's like, hey, you know what? We're being tested. And as a result of that, we know that if we can find a way and there's always a way through it. And not only that, but to be able to thrive through it, then we get stronger. That adversity yeah. will only make us stronger in many respects. Yeah. But like I said earlier, we had to get into action first. We yeah. really had to get moving on something. Yeah. And it's about figuring out where the opportunity is, right? Because there's always an opportunity somewhere. That's true. Absolutely right. And that's the key. See, if we're in fear, if we're in doubt and uncertainty, and, and the, 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 that, that fear center of the brain, right, the amygdala, if it, that's overactive at the moment, we can't see the opportunities. Even if we know, in fact, I've had people say, you know, once we released this book and we did some, some advertising, we did some promotion for it, and we were saying there are abundance of opportunities out there. I had people say, what opportunities? There's no opportunities. What are you talking about? And I get it. I get that they can't, you can't see, you can't force a blind man to see something, mm-hmm. even if it's right in front of them. Right. And when you're in fear and doubt, you're a blind man. You have, you have blinders on that only allow you to see what you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. And in many respects, it's all the fear-based stuff, you know? Yeah. So to see those opportunities, to have the, pertin- the, the curtain parted requires getting into action. So not just us. So I wanted to create something. I wanted to write something that is basically like a strategic plan for getting back into action. In fact, I'll reveal the last step is action. Yes. Right? But the first step is an empowering decision. Yes. And once you make whatever the empowering decision is, and for Dawn and I, my wife and I, was this disruption will not destroy us. We will thrive as a result of it. That was literally the, the, the we made the declaration. We will thrive as a result of this. And so how are we going to do that? Now the next question is how are we going to do that? What's the opportunity to how, allow us to do that? But those are the first and last que- questions. we got an empowering decision and then getting into action. But we're in fear. You can't see the opportunity. So the book was designed to take people through a step-by-step plan. Of course, I knew that I couldn't create, no one can create a step-by-step specific plan for every single person's focus, every single Mm -hmm. person's goal, every single person's next action step. What it is, though, is a blueprint, you might say, or a template, a structure where you can literally, you know, it's sort of like fill in the blanks. Here's the first step. Here's the second step. Here's the third step. What do you need to know in the fourth step? How do you determine your resources? So knowing these things get people, it, it changes their focus Puts it on, okay, I know there's a silver lining here somewhere. I can't see it yeah. just yet, 
But going through this process allows me to part the curtain, get rid of some of the fear, put me in action, and take me through a step-by-step process where I can begin to create a plan that I can then enact. Absolutely. And in the comeback plan, you do talk about seven steps to creating a powerful comeback. You alluded to a couple of them. One of them is, first of all, you need to make an empowering decision. And it really involves acknowledging that you're bigger and stronger and more resilient than the thing that's in front of you, right? That's exactly it. You got it. You hit it on the nose. And we hear it time and time again. We know that people, every single person you've ever interviewed, and I would say bar none, Everyone that I've ever interviewed, and we just finished a series of interviews, 22 interviews for uh, what's the follow-up to the book is the uh, the Comeback Summit, the Comeback Strong Summit. So I did all these interviews with people that are incredibly high achievers, and every single one of them has a story where they were knocked to their knees and could have been held there if they let themselves do so. So you're absolutely right. We have to recognize that empowering decisions should, a big part of that has to be that I am bigger, stronger, and more capable than any resistance or obstacle I might come up against. And if you believe that and you manifest that, it can ultimately lead to some incredible things. So, I mean, that's the first, and the second one, the second step is the big picture, I call it. Yeah. Because, and, and, you know, one of the things that I've, that I've learned over the years uh, working with executives, entrepreneurs, athletes, is that when we're trying to set goals and create uh, desired outcomes, you might say, if someone is still in a little bit of fear and a little bit of doubt now, even after you've made the empowering decision, hey, there's still going to be some lingering doubts and fears. There's still some focus on the negative going on because it's everywhere. We're inundated by it. You can't escape it that quickly, right? Right. So so to get really granular with your goal, which is a, a good strategy in general, it's almost impossible. It's very difficult while you're still in that space where it's just like, well, you know, am I going to survive? Am I going to thrive? I, I've made a decision, but I'm not sure at this point. So get the big picture clear first. That's number one. What is the big picture that you want to create? So instead of saying, hey, you know what? In six months, I'm going to own a $2.5 million home that has this kind of kitchen and has a pool, has this particular type barbecue. I can see my Jaguar parked in the driveway. We're getting very specific now. We're getting granular. Instead, how about in six months? You've got a really great high paying job or your business has begun to thrive. You're Mm -hmm. in a loving relationship. Your body is healthy because you've been exercising and training. You don't have to get, hey, I've got six pack abs. I've got veins hanging out of my arm. That gets specific. The big picture is what we want to get a grasp of. We want something that's more of a compelling future than the one we're facing right now, looking at this pandemic and the disruption and the economy and all this other stuff, that's that negative future. We need to focus on the big picture future at this point. So that's step number two. Right. And then number three is knowing where you are. That's so important. I mean, if you're trying to drive from Phoenix to Denver, you have to know where you started and you have to know where you're going because it's pointless if you don't. Boy, that's that's critical. And again, I think almost any goal, even a big picture goal and objective. I mean, if I if the big picture goal for me is, you know, I'm not I'm not living on the street. I'm not homeless. Instead. okay, what kind of home do I have? I have a great little condo. It's fantastic. It's a three room condo. I love it. Uh, It's perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. So I got to know if I if I'm living on the street, then I okay, what is it going to take to get to that condo? If I'm living in eh, a little bit of a shack, what's it going to take to get to the condo? If I want to have $600,000 of liquid capital in the bank uh, as resources in six months or a year, 
I, I, you you got to know where you are right now. What's your starting point? How much capital do you have now? What's your net worth right now? How are you going to generate that income? So knowing where you are at that moment is critical to getting to where you want to go. And it's it's part of the map. I mean, like you mm-hmm. said, you want to get to Denver from Florida, you better know you're in Florida first. You can't just yeah. throw a pin and pick a place to go and not know where you're starting from. Right. And, and that fourth one is determine your resources. Yeah. And, and you know this from writing and from being in a podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. Brian, if you if you just said, hey, I'm going to start a, a podcast and never made like a list of who do I really want to interview? Who would be fascinating? Who's got some really great stuff to share? And I know I, I'm sure you made a list of the people you really wanted, like who, who's my A-listers, who's my B-listers, who's my C-listers. So maybe I'm on the C-list. I'm just damn glad to be on the list. But mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to know what your resources are. And and sometimes those resources are internal, sometimes they're external. Sometimes you have to reach out to others. No man's a rock, no man's an island. Sometimes you have to reach out for help, ask people for help. A lot of times, especially times like this, people are anxious to help. They want to find a way to help. If they can, they will. So don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help, even mentors, for example. Sometimes those resources that you need, you need to remind yourself, hey, I did this. You know what? I've got an MBA. I almost forget how much work and effort went into that. Hey, you know what? I got on a bicycle one time, skinned my knee, didn't want to get back on, but I got back on. I did it. I graduated high school, even though it was a struggle. It was a difficult challenge. I walked up to that that perfect woman or man, and I introduced myself, and they're now my wife, my spouse. I did these things. I'm capable. And understand your resources, and it starts to develop your own internal power and the ability to be able to reach out and know that, hey, I'm going to need this along the way. A lot of times yeah. people stumble on the way to their goal because they didn't anticipate what they were going to need along the way. I think, especially with a good mentor or looking yeah. at the path somebody else created, yeah. you can see what you're going to need and what would cause stumbling blocks along the way to achieving it or not achieving it. So look yeah. at those, determine your resources, really important. Absolutely. And next, you need to know what your milestones are. You need to know that you are hitting your targets along the way. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, nothing. It's it's frustrating because I've had those experiences myself. I've had both. I've had where I was very specific about the milestones. I knew that if this this had to be achieved for bodybuilding, for example. Mm -hmm. Actually, let me use the book. When I wrote The Seven Rules of Achievement, which went to to, to a number one bestseller on Amazon, Mm -hmm. when I first wrote that, and again, I had never written a book before. Here was this guy who was dyslexic, had all sorts of challenges. It's just like, hey, I'm taking on something new. I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. But I created milestones along the way. And you've heard this before from writers, authors, speakers, where it says, I, I wanted to get two pages done every week. I mean, I didn't want to get too ambitious. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to challenge. Yep. Two good, solid pages. That's it. That was it. Yeah. Not two a day. I'm not a, I wasn't an experienced writer. Two a day for, for a good writer, experienced writer, would be nothing. Yeah. But for me, it was two solid pages a week. Yep. That led to four, five, six. But yep. that was my goal. So I knew if I got to that goal every week, I'm getting to where I want to get. That in six months, I'm going to have this thing done. Absolutely. Right? And we're coming up against our final break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. We are coming down the home stretch. We'll be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. 
This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and down the stretch we come. My special guest this week is Tom Terwilliger, and he was Mr. America, and he's competed in Mr. Olympia. We talked about that earlier in the show. We're talking about his book, The Comeback Plan. We've discussed the first five out of seven steps to creating a powerful comeback. And if you've not subscribed to Success Profiles magazine, please do that. It's a monthly publication, and it features a lot of world-class achievers and a lot of great contributors on a lot of different topics that you would probably be interested in. Go to Success ProfilesMagazine.com and experience your seven-day trial first before you decide. So here we go. Tom, tell us about step number six. It's called internal representation. What does that mean? Yeah, internal representation is really an expanded version uh, or idea of creating uh, a visual concept or an image of what you want. Now, internal representation in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, rep- represents uh, an image of what you want to see beyond just seeing it. A lot of people don't necessarily, their, their primary uh, communication resource isn't necessarily visual. So we can't just tell people to visualize, see what it is you want. If you can see it, you can achieve it, right? But you can create an internal representation of that real object or that real experience by not only just seeing it, and sometimes the vision is blurry. So what? Hear it. Feel it. Touch it. Smell it. Add as many of those modalities as possible to create something that feels real, that sounds, that smells real. And every time you practice that, every time you see it, if in bodybuilding, for example, when I uh, imagine myself on stage for my first competition, I literally would smell the baby oil backstage is what we use to oil up, right? The mm. sweat. I would hear the clanging of the weights, the guys breathing heavy, pumping up. I could hear the announcer out front. And every time I laid down, closed my eyes, I could picture it, but more so I could feel it. I could feel my muscles tension, my heart racing just a little bit, and then I would calm it down, bring it to where it needs to be. I could smell those scents, and it created a real internal representation of the experience that I now intend to experience sometime in the near future. So it's really powerful. That's fantastic. And, of course, number seven is taking action, which we have talked about uh, a few times already on the show. So where can we find your book? Uh, You can find the book. Simple and exact. Actually, we haven't 
started doing any kind of, I want to get this book in, in the hands of as many people as possible. And keep in mind, it's not a 600-page book. No. This is under 100 pages. It's more of a guide than it is anything else. Of course, I've got stories, and I share some different examples. Uh, but you go through this and a lot of other different things that help create the mindset and create the context to create the change that you want. And you can get it free. Go down, download it right now. Go to thecomebackplan.com, thecomebackplan.com, and download the book. We've got a, a follow-up webinar, and we're going to be doing a really, in August, we're doing a fantastic summit. It's called the Comeback Strong Summit, and some of the people that we've got on that summit are going to be extraordinary. So get the book. You'll get free access to the summit, and I hope you'll join us, and I hope you'll share this with others and, and uh, continue to move forward in your life as a result. Fantastic. So, Tom, how do you develop unshakable confidence? <laughs> very good, very good. Well, there's so many different ways to do that. Number one is the action step. You got to take action. As soon as you take that step, man, I tell you, the confidence that I gained walking through that door at Future Man Gym at 15 years old was absolutely insurmountable. I could never have done it. And then, then I could never have had that confidence without that step. The main thing is that when you face something that's a little scary, a little fearful, or you have doubt about, if you take some kind of action on that and you step through that anyway, your confidence develops along the way. The other ways that I like to develop confidence and work with my coaching clients on this is modeling others. You know, vicarious modeling is one of the best things we can do is say, hey, you know what? Find someone that you admire. Find someone that you respect. Find you find someone that represents uh, someone who tremendous confidence. How do they act? How do they talk? How do they walk? And I'm betting what you're going to find is that their physiology comes before their confidence in many respects. So when you stand up straight, you bring your shoulders and your chest up, shoulders back, chin up. Put a slight grin on your face, open up your mind, focus on something positive. Your body will change your, your, your mindset along the way. I believe physiology changes our state and our state affects our mindset in many respects. So vicarious modeling, changing your physiology, changing your focus, and taking those small action steps. And here's something that, that so many people do, Brian, and you probably recognize this. We set these big audacious goals. And we've all been told, set big yes. audacious goals. You're capable of it. You can do it. If you can visualize it, you can have it, right? Yeah. A lot of times those big, picture it like a big giant ball, maybe a, a, a maybe like a, a planet even. And we want to overcome and we want to take on this planet. But we're just this tiny little minuscule thing looking up at this giant goal and we feel like it's insurmountable. Mm -hmm. Set smaller goals. The next goal that's in front of you should be something that's, hey, you know what? I can take that. Yeah. I, can, I can accomplish that. I can get through that. And the next one's bigger. In our experience, the leap coaching process, we call it the leap continuum. Mm. That you climb, there's a process for climbing to the top, taking that massive leap of faith to the next summit. And even if you don't make it to the next summit, doesn't matter. Because you're closer now than you would have been. And you can only see what's on the next summit and the next summit and the next summit by taking those incremental leaps of faith along the way. And basically, they're actions. And that's what wow. our confidence, man. Wow, that's great. So I want to ask you, and I think you are probably one of the most appropriate people to ask this question to. How do you raise your energy? Man, I'll tell you, I, I'd love to... It's interesting. I just, did, I just did a piece on this. I'd love to say that it's all about uh, nutrition. It's all about exercise, and certainly those things play a huge role, no question about it. If we don't move our bodies, 
then our body systems, our energy systems start to fail. They don't produce what they should. You might say it's like an old generator. You've got an old generator in the basement. You got to crank it up. You got to crank it. It just blows out smoke. It's just kind of cranking and rattling along. And it lighting up the house, but it's not really doing a very good job of it. That's the way our physical energy systems are or react or become when we when we don't move the body, when we when we become stagnant, when we when we binge watch Netflix stuff for hours and hours at a time, right? Without moving. And it also it's also how it becomes when we don't eat properly, when we're providing poor energy sources and stressing our immune systems. So I'd like to say those are the two top things that we can do, and they certainly are massive contributors, but I also believe they're second and third on the list. Yeah. The first thing is number one, having an objective. Yes. And the mindset to pursue it. I tell you, even uh, the difference, Brian, from what I was experiencing the first week or so of this pandemic, of this disruption, and what happened after I began to take action and focus on a specific goal and objective, get the book written, get it out there, get it to as many people as possible, create something that we can, that will affect everyone along the way. I want to have an impact. And this summit is going to have a massive impact. And it's kept me in action along the way. And I got to tell you, I haven't had a nap since. Before, <laughs> I'm a nap guy. I love naps for some reason in the middle of the day. I'm 61 years old, and I think I've earned the right to take a nice nap now and again. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but my energy levels, focusing on an objective and knowing that it's serving others, having something positive to think about is the best way. So mindset, focus on an objective, having a big picture and a compelling future, along with taking care of and honoring your physiology and your nutrition are the three biggest things you can do to really create massive energy and the kind of energy you need to achieve just about anything. Fantastic. As we wind down toward the end, there are just a couple of questions left. If you could talk to the 18-year-old version of yourself, what would you tell him right now? I would say sell that freaking Harley Davidson and get your ass to work. <laughs> Get to work. <laughs> you know, and again, the, the Holly Davidson is just a symbol. Uh, a lot of times what we do is we find things that distract us, that occupy our time, that may not be the most productive. You know, I like to say even after winning the national championship, competing in the uh, the Mr. Olympia competition, even after writing a best-selling book, I got a little bit complacent in many respects. I got into, I hadn't ridden Harleys in years. I live here in Colorado. It's a fantastic place to ride. I bought an old, beat-up old Harley Davidson. I got in the garage. I started wrenching it like I used to. And for several months, that's all I did. That's all I did. I just wrenched on my bike and got, oh, I had the best-looking bike in the neighborhood. But so what? I wasn't accomplishing anything. So in many respects, what I would tell that 18-year-old was, hey, you know what? You'll have plenty of time for this later. Lose the childhood you know, the fears, the doubts, yep. the uncertainties that come from fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade that are no longer valid, that never were valid. Find something to focus on. Get to work on bodybuilding. Get to work on building your mind. Get rid of the distractions for the moment. You'll have time for that later on. So I think any 18-year-old needs to look at what's distracting me and why is it distracting me? Yeah. What's keeping, is it, is it just something that's keeping me from, from having to face the fear or the doubt or the uncertainty that maybe I'm not good enough? Yeah. Because I can guarantee you, you are good enough, but you right. gotta get rid of the distraction and find out for yourself. Absolutely. So the question I ask at the end, who inspires and motivates you? Who inspires and motivates me? Wow, I will. I, and, and honestly, this is not to gain any brownie points, although I'm sure they it will. My wife. That's, awesome. that's number one, the top 
on my list is my wife, Dawn, who's extraordinary. She's an epigenetic coach. She's brilliant. She runs all the back end of our business and, and always keeps me fired up, always keeps me going. 14 years younger than me, keeps me, keeps my, uh, my desire to keep my energy levels and my fitness levels up. And then there are, of course, countless others. Uh, you know, Dan Cushell, for example, I find him to be an incredibly inspiring guy. A great business uh, growth coach, uh, and so many others. Uh, Gail Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had so many mentors in the past that it's, it would be hard to list them all. Yeah. Certainly, Tony Robbins early on was uh, one of my early uh, motivations and, and inspirations with what he was able to do with his life and yep. be able to change so many others. It, it was definitely an inspiration, no question. Fantastic. How can we try with you and vibe with you? How can we learn more about you? Well, certainly go to my Facebook page, Tom Terwilliger, and I'd love to have you in our tribe. It's called Tribe Max Mind Lean Body. We're, in fact, we're just launching a new physical and mental spiritual challenge. We do these 30-day challenges in Tribe on Facebook, and we just started one today uh, that I think is going to be really, it's going to be challenging, but it's one that's going to expand our minds, the way we think, what we focus on, and get our physiology moving simultaneously. So you can go to Tribe Max Mind Lean Body. We'll get you in. We'll get you in as a member, as a, an insider. Go to Tom Terwilliger, or you can uh, go to my uh, my blog at maxmindset.com, maxmindset.com. That's fantastic. Any final thought before we close this out? Well, Brian, my, my, I guess what I have any final thought is, is I, I want to encourage everyone listening to understand that, and I know this may or may not sound cliche, but you have more in you than you think you do. In fact, you've got more than that, and even more than that, and even more than that. It's, it's unlimited. If you get yourself into action, focus on something positive, step away from the fear, the doubt, and the uncertainty, and you'll be surprised at your potential. And when you start to manifest that and serve others, it's extraordinary what you can do. Absolutely. You can begin to feel about yourself. So get out there and do it, guys. Get out there and do it. Take it from someone who couldn't even read or write at one point. Yeah. And is now a best selling author and and Mr. America. You can do it too. Thanks for being here, Tom. It was awesome having you here. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. All right. And thanks all you for listening to Success Profiles Radio. Join us next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern where I interview another world-class achiever and learn what they did, what they achieved, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Until next week, have a good one. Take care of yourself. Be good to yourself. Have a great week. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.